I'm back. Did you miss me? Guess we'll find out at the top because that's where they always should have been. We heard from the New York Dolls who are now all but gone, save for their ringleader, Mr. David Johansson. After a two-year battle with cancer, the world lost guitarist Sylvain Sylvain on January 13th, and so it seemed a bit fitting to open things up with a good Dolls song for him. That was my favorite, Jet Boy. And that version appeared on a 1973 episode of the Old Grey Whistle Test, which was a British music television show back in the day. We also heard the greatest slab of retro Motown the Culture Club ever committed to vinyl, the Church of the Poison Mind. And welcome, kids! Welcome to Melster Radio Volume 2, Episode 1, where Baby finally gets most of her mojo back. You know, COVID kind of stole it. It did that. It did a lot of that for a lot of people besides me. But I've been fortunate, so I'm back. Now, if you were paying the least bit of attention, you know I tried to do this last year. And it was a little more history-oriented and in need of a good editor. I, I'm afraid I let it get really bogged down. The, the interviews were great, but I think I had like three listeners by the time we were done. But, you know, it doesn't matter. That's how we learn. It was great practice. I knew I had to step it up a bit and make it a lot simpler and a lot livelier, lest I kept putting people to sleep. So here we are. A friend of mine said to me a while back, you know, if you could just make your podcast sound like your Facebook feed reads, and I kind of know what she means by that, but it's, it's hard to explain. She said, that would be really neat because you play a lot, a lot of music. And, you know, so it's, it's almost kind of like radio. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I'll do what I can. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm just bringing you music because that's what I like to do best. Now, all the music you hear on this show will be coming from the mighty YouTube. God, how I love YouTube. It's my favorite thing in life for music. And before you send the internet equivalent of ambulance chasers... Think you're going to come after me for royalties? Listen, Buster, I pay YouTube for this. I pay him. I have a license. And it isn't cheap. So I had to come back. I was still paying for this thing even while I was not making a podcast. And that was getting expensive. But then, you know, lest I die a second time, I don't even care at this point. Uh, I, I'm still not afraid to fall on my face in front of everybody. Uh, but I promise this time to not be such a nerd and bog it down and bore you all to death. So it's about the music, and I'm still kind of a nerd. I can't change that. Sorry. Uh, but at minimum, there's going to be a theme. So I thought, well, if I'm going to have a theme, here's a great way to start out. If you know me at all, you know I've been raving for the last few months at the prospect of another Bowie celebration show. Uh, this one, of course, was virtual. Uh, now, if you don't know what a Bowie celebration show is, it's a bunch of musicians who all played and or recorded with David Bowie over the course of his career. 
and they would get together and put on a show of the of all different Bowie songs and have guest vocalists come in. And they've done this for a couple of tours. This has all been put together largely by Mike Garson, who was Bowie's longtime pianist. Regardless, you know, some people are like, oh, it's, it's karaoke. No, 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 this is not. And none of the musicians wanted that. In fact, they were adamant about that it wasn't going to be. I mean, to begin with, it's not the easiest thing to do to sing David Bowie, even if you're a great professional vocalist. And even some of them have screwed it up over the years. Uh, but, but there's a lot of pros that get it and know how to do it. And the ones that showed up for this virtual show were fantastic. And the stage and the set and the presentation was almost as good. I, I remember mentioning to a couple people that I think they invented a couple of new Grammy categories that night, you know, presentation, lineup, show theme, you know, best virtual presentation, whatever. But anyway, what I thought would be fun to do would be to play music from those guest artists that showed up on January 8th, their music, favorites of mine of their music. And and when I was done, and this wasn't even everybody that appeared, there was something like 39 songs. And I've only got like 14 or 15 here altogether, not even. But it was still a, a nice little list, and I really enjoyed putting it together. So I hope you enjoy it, too. And now, here's Ian Hunter.
wasn't that fun? I know you figured out by now that this is never going to be iHeartRadio. Not going to happen. The only playlist is going to be mine, okay? It'll change from show to show. That was the old guard of this bunch of Bowie alumni performances. And boy, what a joy it was to see Mr. Ian Hunter, all 80-something years of him, looking not a day over 60. Unbelievable. That was You Nearly Did Me In, a recording that he did back in 1976 with members of Queen, Roger Taylor, Brian May, and the late, great Freddie Mercury. I think that was a one-off single. I'm not sure. I'll have to get back to you on that. We also heard from Joe Elliott, the voice of the leopard, that deaf leopard dude, and a song called Psycho Twang. That was an Earl Slick production that appeared on Earl Slick's solo record from 2003 called Zigzag. Man, Earl Slick was on fire last week, and would you expect anything less? I mean, he, he just gets better with age, I swear. We also heard from Charlie Sexton in a song called Blowing Up Detroit. Charlie's from Texas. He came from the same Austin scene as Stevie Ray and Jimmy Vaughn, and he found himself opening shows on Bowie's Glass Spider Tour in 1987. Uh, he had a a nominal hit, something called Beat So Lonely. I think it got a lot of airplay. Finally, the wild card, I think, of the Bowie Celebration Tour is all of them, and I think he's done them all. Uh, Bernard Fowler, who is best known as a singer, as a backup singer with the Rolling Stones. Turns out he's got the smoothest pipe since Marvin Gaye. The, the song here was called New York Minute. And let me tell you, he owns sweet thing candidate he owns it nobody else is ever going to be able to do that song oh, man they did that in 2019 when i saw that tour up in saint augustine and after the show the guys stuck around a lot of the band members and i got to shake mr bernard fowler's hand and my hand disappeared that guy is so big he was really nice though anyway and now for something much much louder
Am I brave enough? Am I strong enough to follow the desire that burns from within? To push away my fear, to stand where I'm afraid. I am through with this, cause I am more than this. you turned it up right I did mention louder that should have been your cue we heard from Trent Reznor who showed up last week with his duly homaged cover of fashion here with my favorite Nine Inch Nails tune down in it we also heard from Slipknot before I forget Ocean Size from Jane's Addiction of course, the Foo Fighters with the best of you. 
The Pretty Reckless, the title track from Going to Hell, and bringing up the rear was Miss Lizzie Hale and her Hailstorm from the Wildlife release in a song called I Am the Fire. You might be saying to yourself by now, what on earth do all those merchants of headbang ever have in common with David Bowie? Was unabashed fandom mostly, although his brilliance at being able to bring out the best of other artists was legendary. He also managed to help inspire Trent Reznor to return from the depths of substance abuse by putting out the idea of a joint tour back in the 90s. I've seen clips of that. I was always sorry I missed that. It was excellent. The other bands all cite Bowie as a major influence, and it's worth noting that my favorite segment of the whole night was the grunge supergroup, consisting of Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, Chris Cheney and Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction, and Corey Taylor of Slipknot, who gave their snarling best to hang on to yourself and rock and roll suicide, the latter which Hawkins did the lead vocals on. Taylor Hawkins, man, he's an ace frontman when he's not banging the skins for the Foo Fighters. He showed up as Iggy Pop in the movie about CBGBs of a few years ago. Uh, the one with Alan Rickman as Hilly Crystal. Perry Farrell was also at the Bowie show, covering the man who sold the world. Uh, he did this with the help of his beloved wife, Eddie, and his credited interpretive dancer. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I was watching that, and all I could think about was the dancing dwarf scenes from Twin Peaks. But, you know, maybe that was just me. <laughs> I'm sure David Bowie would have approved anyway. So there you go. Uh, the, the last two bands, uh, Lizzie Hale and Taylor Momsen, and the upcoming young upstart you'll hear in a bit, a rapper calling himself Youngblood, are of a new young wave of Bowie fans. I, I could not find a lot of anything really quo-worthy from them about Bowie directly, and I don't know any really good stories about them. But it does my old heart good to see some of the kids getting their good musical taste chops. Thank God. Perhaps there is hope for rock and roll, particularly guitar-based rock and roll, which I hope never goes away. They both do some great music on their own, so somehow I'm not surprised that they turned up here. And, of course, after all of this, you didn't think you were going to get away with not hearing the actual... Uh, a Bowie song from the man himself, right? I decided to go with Under Pressure because this is the version from the live version from 2000's Glastonbury live show where he performs Under Pressure with Miss Gail Ann Dorsey, his longtime bass player. She's on record now saying she'll never do this song again live, and I can't say I blame her. I got over Clint just watching the Glastonbury version. And um, I'm sure she would probably cry like a baby, like I did, just thinking about it. It still was, she did some other songs that off the top of my head I can't remember, but it was really good to see her. If you don't have that Glastonbury set, you've got to go out and get it. Uh, that and the reality live tour, which are both Bowie things on DVD, you, you, if you don't have them, find them. If you can't find them, let me know. And last but not least, in a completely fitting nod to the 80s with all its wretched excess, I leave you with the ultimate 12-inch record from who else but Duran Duran, 
who shocked no one at all by even showing up. <laughs> they did a passable job of five years, but for some reason I think they would have been better on something a little later in the canon. But what do I know? But man, 12-inch records, who, whose idea were these? I have several still, and they, none of them aged very well. This one's not bad, but it's endless. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed, in general, this type of musical journey a lot better than my last one. I, I gotta say, most of all, that I picked the song because it's a good ending credits music kind of thing. But it goes on for like 13 minutes, so, you know, enjoy. If you got ideas, if you got any ideas for themes, there's stuff you want to hear, there's stuff you need to find, there's stuff you want to know about local bands. I'm here in Daytona Beach. There's a lot of local bands. Things are kind of open in Florida, so bands are getting out again. We might have interviews down the line, but uh, until then, we'll see how the traffic goes. In the meantime, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. See you soon.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night.